Let's head over to the KRDO Newsline now. We are joined on the KRDO Newsline by military analyst and retired Army Colonel Jeff McClausland. Uh, we know the ceasefire has ended between Israel and Hamas, and now there's new reports coming out from the uh, New York Times saying that Israel, Israeli officials learned of Hamas's plans for the uh, attack on October 7th more than a year before it happened. How, how does something like this fall through the cracks like that? It doesn't fall through the cracks necessarily. I think it was just it was dismissed. In many ways, I think they believe this particular plan that they got in their hands on, it's still unclear how they did this, a very 40-long, page-long document and very detailed how Hamas was going to do this. But they looked upon it as a war plan, something that was aspirational, but basically dismissed it as far too difficult for Hamas to, in fact, to conduct. You might in many ways compare it to the failure of September 11, 2001 here in the United States, though in many ways I would say it's even more egregious. Uh, But in the executive summary for the 9-11 Commission report, it always stunned me that one of the paragraphs began was, this was a failure of imagination. And for the Israelis, this was clearly a a failure of imagination, despite the fact they had fought four previous wars with Hamas, knew full well Hamas' future intentions, were broadly to continue to uh, resist Israeli occupation and as a consequence did not react. And in fact, if they had, uh, they may have been able to blunt this entire operation. And when it comes to this, you know, knowing that there's so much intelligence going on, um, so many details and so many, you know, plans or things that are intercepted, looked at, and especially when it comes to such a long-term ongoing conflict between Israel and uh, Hamas, how, how important is it to take every single one of these now seriously, noting, as we'd mentioned, that they'd been, you know, sitting on some of these reports for a year? No, that's exactly right. I mean, it's, it's very, very serious. Obviously, the consequences are dire. Had they reacted, you might have saw the saving of an enormous number of lives as 1,200 people were killed on the 7th of October. You know, having been to Israel numerous times, having dealt directly with the Israeli military and the Israeli intelligence services, uh, they had taken on an attitude that they summarized by the phrase, mowing the grass. And when you talk to Israeli military officers, as I have, and said to them, you know, what is the long-term objective you're trying to accomplish with respect to Hamas and the Gaza Strip? They would usually be very dismissive and say, well, you know, every couple of years you got to mow the grass, just like you got to mow the grass at your house. In other words, that every couple of years there's going to be a conflict, we're going to beat up on Hamas and kind of drive them back into into submission, and then we'll have several years of peace and quiet, knowing full well that at the uh, subsequently that uh, there there will be another conflict. And this like kind of dismissive attitude allowed them to ignore this particular plan, despite the fact that it's amazingly detailed in terms of the location of cameras, the location of obstacles, it's describing how they were conducted using motorcycles and paragliders and the like. Obviously, it benefited from enormous intelligence velocity. And finally, back in July, there apparently was a one-day sort of rehearsal that was viewed being conducted by Hamas operatives uh, in the Gaza Strip. Uh, and one particular uh, Israeli intelligence analyst actually pointed that out, out to her superiors. But despite all those warnings, this still was ignored. And yet, Jeff, I mean, this can't help uh, the... Uh, relations between, well, I mean, between Israel and its allies. Does it hurt it, though, this report coming out? I think it hurts it internally. I mean, the one thing I have found in talking to Israelis is that they really have two things at the forefront of their minds. First is 
an absolute determination to be successful in the ongoing conflict to show great unity, to defeat Hamas, to recover the hostages. That is certainly in the forefront, I think, of every Israeli's mind. But second, and still of, of enormous uh, emotional impact, is their outright anger at their government. They, they view the government of Mr. Netanyahu as having failed them, failed the nation and its number one responsibility, which was protecting them from outside threats. And again, very clear threat right on their border. They'd fought four wars with in the past. They knew full well had a ideology, which was obviously to, at some point, destroy the state of Israel. So there's a real anger towards Netanyahu. I saw one recent poll that suggested in terms of trust that only 4% of the Israeli population trusts Mr. Netanyahu. And so there will be a political day of reckoning. One only needs to think back to 1973 and the Yom Kippur War when Israel was surprised as well, but were as able to reverse that and score a pretty stunning military victory in the aftermath. But the prime minister at the time, Golda Meir, followed a commission which hung a lot of responsibility for the missing of that intelligence and that failure on her government. And within four or five months, she was voted out of office and never returned. Yet you can't, I, I can't see uh, Netanyahu doing something similar. Well, it's, it's, it's certainly a, a very difficult situation he's in. And, of course, he's in a very difficult political situation from the onset, being in a very conservative, perhaps most conservative government Israel's ever had, but also a coalition. So in terms of returning to fighting, which the Israelis have done as of this morning, there were growing reports that the more conservative members of his government were insisting on a return to fighting and had actually threatened to pull out of the coalition if, in fact, uh, Netanyahu didn't do that. Okay, well, uh, as we've been talking in the past weeks, uh, ever since October 7th, uh, this has been a, a tinderbox of a situation and uh, threatens to get even worse. Thank you so much. We appreciate it. Jeff McCausland, who has that military experience as a retired Army colonel and is also a military analyst. Thank you for joining us here this morning. My pleasure.